Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host and master of shenanigans, Paul Long, and we got another good one in store for you. Of course, you know, if you've been following the Fundamism journey, that we're all about in 2021, the how. How do we create additional joy, fun, and fulfillment? See, I don't just want to talk about the what, right? And the why is important, but it's not going to help us identify the behaviors to create the desired outcomes that we desire. So we're focusing on the how in 2021, and we got, count them, two guests to help us do that today. Before I introduce these lovely individuals, we have to shout out, and we would be remiss not to do so, our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle, of course, creates amazing fits, apparel, whatever you're into, they most likely got it. And, um, This is going to resonate with our guests a great deal. If you go to the charliehustle.com website, you're going to learn really quickly that their mission is all about evoking happiness, right? Not just evoking happiness, but embracing this childlike exuberance. So not news to you, ladies and gentlemen, that the reason why Charlie Hustle and I are like this is because we subscribe to the same mantra, which is, of course, fundamism. So without further ado, speaking of fundamism, Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever met individuals like in the infancy stages of a relationship, you've, you've met someone and you're just super excited. Like you're super excited to see where this relationship goes and not for self-serving reasons, but rather there's just this energy that's created when you meet them that you're like, you're so intrigued that you can't wait to learn more. I had that opportunity roughly three weeks ago with these two ladies. Without further ado, after a lengthy introduction, I got, I got my friends now. I, could, I think I could call you guys friends. We got Annette Breckbill of the Breckbill Group and Marjana Novkovich of Evoke Invoke. What is good, ladies? Oh, everything is good with you, Paul. Seriously. <laughs> what an opening. <laughs> Paul, thank you so much for having us. I am so excited. And I and I do agree. We got off that first phone call and it was like, you know, that that scene in Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> You're really playing to the audience, Annette, because uh, the folks that listen into the Fundamental Podcast, they know all too well about Step Brothers and my affection for them. Of course, I think I told you this, but our son is named after Brennan's character, uh, Will Ferrell's character in Step Brothers. So, You're speaking directly to my heart and reaffirming why we have become best friends. So we have a a lengthy discussion today uh, that's going to fit, be jam-packed into about 50 minutes. And it is something that really highlights what I feel has been the number one reason, if I break it all down, whatever you define success as, I believe that this topic, our featured fundamental today, is the number one reason I have seen whatever level of success I've seen in life. And I would guess that you two would probably say the same. But before I introduce that fundamental, the people want to know, and we got to give them what they want. What do you ladies do for fun? We'll start with you, Annette. Well, 
here's the thing, the somewhat sad thing, like travel is my love language. So I love planning trips. I love traveling. I love meeting new people. I love getting out of my own environment. So, you know, it's been a little rough. It's been a little rough, but I have condensed that down and I'm doing it on like a, a smaller level. So for fun, I love going to the park and running around with my kids and my dog and getting out in the sunshine um, and just being generally outdoorsies. I love it. Uh, follow-up question. You have one, one child, three, three children. And that's not counting the dog. That's not counting the dog. No. (laughs) Uh, Which child is your favorite? Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All great things. I love it as a father of two and a cat dad, everything that you're saying resonates with me. So Marjana, uh, you're always glowing. Uh, cheek to cheek. I've never seen you without a smile on your face. What do you do for fun? Oh, wow. You know, it's so I dance, right? I used to just loved, I was never like a dancer. I mean, outside of ballet dancing when I was younger and all of that and didn't really pursue dance, but I love to just put on music in the house and just kind of dance around, uh, mostly when nobody is around and really kind of create these elaborate little dance (laughs) scenes. If you could only see me there. Um, But then occasionally my seven-year-old daughter, Sophia, will run in and I'll do some twirls with her. And really, I found so much joy in that lately. And my 13-year-old son just kind of laughs at us. Occasionally, he'll let me hug him and I'll sway with him a little bit, but then he quickly lets go of that. Um, But I have to say, like, listen, to music lately and just dancing freely, like just finding that freedom again. That's something I'm cherishing these days anyway. I love it. And and what I love about that is, you know, you said something that really resonated with me when you talk about joy and freedom, music is something that really hits me um, in just about everything, like my head, my chest, my shin sometimes, depending on what I'm doing at the gym. Oh, but uh, music, I feel like you could find, and the Fundamism Podcast listeners, you guys know this, we talk about it all the time. You could find whatever song you want to, to evoke a word that I know means a lot to you, Marjana, uh, any emotion that you want to feel. And so listening to music with purpose, it, it really resonates with me and is a featured fundamental of Fundamism. So our family, of course, we used to have Hall & Oates dance parties on Friday night. And uh, I do want a quick follow-up question, though. You had mentioned, historically, you do it when no one's around. Why? Um, I don't know. They're just, uh, you know, just the freedom of it, I think. I think everybody kind of laughs at me in my household <laughs> when I do stuff like that. Although I will tell you that there's a part of me that's like, boy, what would it look like if I could get, you know, the moms, dads, whatever in my community to say, what is the one thing you love to do, whether it's sing in the shower, whether it's dance in your kitchen alone, what would it look like if for one night we put on a show mm. just as adults got free, tapped into that childhood joy that we had, whatever it is, that's something I definitely have been thinking about lately. Ladies and gentlemen, do you feel this? Do you understand why these two amazing individuals are on the podcast? Childlike exuberance, getting out of our head, embracing freedom and joy. Here we go. So the featured fundamental today is really highlighted, but by what you both just said, like going to the park, experiencing time with your family, with your friends, finding joy, uh, moms and dads of the neighborhood, just getting out of our head and cutting up and, uh, and, and doing a, a routine. Like that would be super cool. And so that kind of encapsulates our featured fundamental today, which is expand your circle, expand your circle. 
Now, as we jump into this discussion, because I know that you guys have some some really robust thoughts on the topic, and our relationship is is still in the infancy stages. It's a it's a beautiful budding flower, if you will. Um, but I, I know that there are times where folks convince themselves that they don't they don't need to expand their circle. And I find the older that we get, we convince ourselves that we have enough friends or we don't have time for new relationships. So before we really dive in, when I say the fundamental and the term expand your circle, what comes to your mind? What comes to my mind is adventure, right? I am a woman who has spent her whole entire life chasing adventure like I left Australia as like an early like I was 20 years old and I moved to London on a one-way ticket because I needed kind of adventure and you know as we do get a little bit older you know there's a four in the start of my age so that's happening um but when when I meet new people I mean it takes us on like a new mini adventure and maybe um, that person has a different view to what you have and that's fun, that's an adventure. Maybe that person might have, you know, that idea, you know how like you always have those concepts like, oh, I love this but it's missing that one piece. Maybe that next person that you connect with has that missing piece or maybe even more fun, you can provide that missing piece to that other person. So when I think about, expanding your circle. Um, it is all about adventure for me. Mm. You are adventurous. And I'm so glad that you addressed that beautiful accent because like we've had a couple Aussies on the podcast and people continue to say, you need more of that. Like, it's just so inviting. I love it. Thank you very much. So Marjana, what comes to your mind when you think of the term expand your circle? Yeah. Well, I mean, at first I agree with you that so many of us are like, gosh, I've got this circle of friends. I just need to keep up with them and I'm not doing a great job at that. So let me just focus on that. But to your point, I think the more that we allow ourselves to open up and just invite other people in and learn from another and connect, there's there's just depth. Like when I think about expanding the circle, it's about learning about the depth of humanity that we can all share. And, you know, one of the things that I miss about going into the city, um, I live like 20 minutes outside of New York City. And when I used to travel in the city and commute, I'd be on the subway rides and I would sit there and I would just kind of look at, you know, the subway car full of people. Some might look sad, some might look happy. And I would just fantasize, what would it look like if we just this is it. Like, this is the group of people in the world that we got to know. You know, what are the stories we could share? How could we learn from another one another? How could we lift one another up? And, you know, I just, I miss that. I miss, and, and just thinking like that would open me up then when I would go to work and I'd be in the elevator, I'd find myself saying hello to a stranger, striking up a conversation just even for a few minutes and just how that lifts you up. So when I think about expanding our circles, it's just even those brief moments moments of connection, how much it lifts us and guides us into a new spirit that day. There's something so powerful to that, that I want to try to, you know, move that forward as much as I can. What, what I love about this discussion and what's organically happening, and this is the power of the fundamentalism podcast. We typically don't have an agenda in these conversations. 
we're getting to know our guests just as the audience is. Now, I've had the pleasure of connecting with both of you a, a limited number of times, Annette, you and I once uh, via Zoom call and many love fest style emails uh, with all of us uh, defined as such by you. And then, Marjana, this is our third time connecting uh, via Zoom, of course. And all of it was really founded and rooted in in a personal relationship. Like it was, it started as a personal relationship. Now there was business interest, like that's what brought us together. And it's important to note that, that I had mentioned, I've mentioned your respective organizations, right? So, uh, the, the Breckville group and, uh, evoke invoke respectively. What I didn't say is what you guys do, right? The fact that between you guys, you have an excess of two decades in the speaking industry and connecting with individuals and relationships and, creating awe-inspiring memories for meeting planners and organizations looking to not just not just motivate or inspire their employees or workforce or attendees, but rather give them something specific and tactical that they could do that could improve their quality of life. So, so that's where our relationship starts. And it's founded uh, in this personal trust now, I have the utmost interest to talk business with you guys, as I'm sure you're well aware. And Rajana, you and I started a little bit yesterday, but I think it all starts from a place of trust and respect. And what's going on right now is as I'm hearing you ladies talk, I am getting energized. Like when you when you talk about uh, adventure and the new perspectives and the missing pieces, Annette, and the depth of humanity, every word coming out of you guys' mouth is literally making me cheese uh, from ear to ear because I'm like, yes, like, let's talk about that next. So I greatly appreciate your the humble nature that you both carry uh, about yourselves with, but I think that's a great segue into our industry. And it's been difficult for me to kind of navigate. So I'm asking you as potentially uh, individuals willing to coach me for a brief moment, how do you cut through the disingenuous nature of some relationships? Here's what I mean. In our industry, and I would argue in many industries, oftentimes you have people showering you with compliments, trying to get it. Oh, you're so great at what you do. Oh, like, I just want to say I admire you. And Annette, gosh dang it, I admire you <laughs> because on our, on our Zoom call, you said some of the most complimentary things at the end of our conversation. And you said to me, and Paul, this isn't just me saying it was nice to meet you. Like, this is not like just surfacey stuff. And so here's the question uh, with a very long preface. How do you cut through the noise to determine whether somebody is genuinely interested in becoming a part of your circle or rather they're just doing it for self-serving reasons? Annette, I'll start with you. Well, yeah, and I, and I love the way that we kind of finished that conversation. Um, and I think because... You know, I'm an Aussie, so I'm always like, this is just me. Like, I'm not super, like, polished and, you know, diplomatic, even though I have been a diplomat at some point in time, by name, not by nature. Um, is is This is the way, whether you were, you know, a, a CEO of a company, whether you were the person holding the door, like, I speak to you in the same way. And the way that people respond back to you when you approach them with, 
a genuine care, a genuine interest in what they're doing, you know, just listen to, to the way that they respond to you. And then, you know, have a little, have a little, you know, check in with your body and then trust that instinct. Because I don't know that I've ever gotten a first impression of someone and been truly proven wrong. Like sometimes, you know, you know, the the essence of who someone is could grow, but that first inkling about whether this is a human you want in your circle or not, you should trust that instinct because most of the time that's right. Um, And so the way that I draw that out of people is that I just throw my personality at them and then, you know, just see how that goes. And then, you know, just checking in with your body, like, oh, is this someone I want inside my circle of trust? Or is this like a, it's been so great meeting you. So, yeah. (laughs) Don't you think that's a learned behavior though? Because I feel like a lot of success in our industry stems from these personal connections. And, 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 and I hate to use this term, but it, it is, this is just real in life. There are individuals in this world that are really good at shining others on, right? And so what I heard you say is you have a really good read on people and entrusting your instinct. And I think part of that really stems from your willingness to ask questions and dive in, right? Because oftentimes when you meet folks, there's, there's so much interest in one another that you start, and I'm not saying you, but I, I know we have a tendency as humans to do this. We start to sell ourselves in relationships, right? And when you're selling yourself in relationships, you're not hearing about everybody else. So you don't have the opportunity to, to get that first impression because you haven't learned enough about said individual to understand who they are in their authentic form. So thank you for sharing. Annette, Marjana, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with Annette. I mean, it is all about what we say. The energy that you put forward is the energy you hope to get back, but sometimes you realize you don't. But to your point, it's about questions, right? Asking more questions. And that's something, I have a journalism background. That's what I studied in college. And so for me, I'm just always just a barrage of questions. So I feel like by the end of it, you do really get, I do get a really good sense of what that connection is. But what I've started to apply in my life more now as I've gotten older, as well is that energy that I put out, if I don't get that energy back and if it's not, you know, that, that, uh, sort of human to human, and I see that it's just all business, then I have to ask myself, is it the kind of business that I want? Is there a relationship behind this? Like I'm at that stage where synergy and energy matters. You know, the kind of energy that we're taking time to invest in one another, it matters to me. It's not just about the money. It's not about a deal. It's not about the business. It really is about human to human connection, working together and building something together that, that inspires both of us in the journey. Energy and synergy, baby. We're busting rhymes right here. Like you don't even know. Annette, um, you know, you were very humble the first time we met. And, uh, you know, we talked about the virtual experiences over the course of last year, what they've been like. And I, I opened up my heart a little bit to you and expressed a little vulnerability and saying that I'm finding it challenging at uh, managing my schedule, managing specifically the the relationship side of the number of folks reaching out, wanting to connect. And I started this whole fundamental setup with Expand Your Circle by saying that 
I feel like my success, however it's defined, and I define it as joy, fun, and fulfillment and limited stress uh, and a whole lot of happiness, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt. Um, but that's how I define it. And I believe that it's directly attributed to the relationships that I've not only helped foster, but have, I've been blessed enough to find and sustain over time. And so that belief is almost a limiter for me whenever so many people start reaching out, trying to connect with me and asking for part of my time. I know that that's why I am where I am. And so I feel guilty when I can't make it happen. But you had a really interesting take on it and perspective. How do you manage the number of folks that reach out to you and want to connect or, or want to do business or just want to chat? My, my first response is always to just reply and acknowledge their humanity um, because who the heck am I to not be replying to that? Like I am not too cool to reply to, you know, 10 people a day and say, hey, thanks so much for reaching out. Good luck with your journey. Or, you know, maybe there's this other resource and maybe that takes, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes tops in my day. I mean, I'm not too cool to be doing that. And like my, my vector check for that that we discussed on the call together is that, uh, recently I had reason to, I was inspired to send Ariana Huffington an email. I used to manage her when I was in a former life at WSB and I've kind of stayed in, in touch with her occasionally. It's not like, you know, we're best friends. I'm not going to her Christmas party, but I, I stay in touch with her occasionally. And I was inspired, you know, because she had been doing something with Liz Bohannon that I, that I also managed. So I was inspired to reach out to her and just say, hey, thank you so much for being such a great leader in the female entrepreneur space. And, you know, I still think about like how hard you're working in, in this incredible business. So thank you so much. And she wrote back to me the same day, right? Now, if Ariana Huffington is cool to reply to Annette Breckbell, who really is nothing for nothing, then in the same day, then how am I not cool? <laughs> how am I too cool to not reply to, you know, the, the people who, you know, inbox me on LinkedIn and uh, or or hit me up on email or, or cold call me, you know, sure, you know, let's <laughs> let's spend five minutes. You know, I can definitely spare anyone five minutes. So follow-up question, because I want to talk to Marjana about this, because then you opened up your heart and asked me for advice. And I have no idea what the hell I did to deserve that. But uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more to Marjana about this topic. But Annette, so it's one thing to respond to an email. It's another thing when folks are reaching out and they want to schedule a Zoom meeting, right? And people are savvy from a, from a business perspective and sales perspective. You know, that power close, that alternative choice. I have Tuesday and Wednesday, I got Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning available. Which do you prefer? So my question is, how do you manage um, the ask of additional time? Because five minutes responding to an email or I love that applying to the human side or, or appealing to the human side of individual and connecting in a human to human response. Um, how do you manage when people want more? So it's an, it's an initial, it's initial inter introduction. Let's take me, for example, uh, I, I'm blown away by our first conversation and I want to schedule a call and you don't know what the desired outcome of said call is. And you're just chock full of crazy to do's. What do you do? How do you manage that? 
Well, I will always take a meeting with you, my dear. You know that. <laughs> like we're there in our relationship. Like that's just happening, right? Um, but like you, you mentioned like that I would have no idea about, you know, the outcomes of that call. I don't normally take a meeting unless it's like, you know, I, I have some sort of understanding of the outcome of that call. So, you know, when people send you the calendarly invite and it's in LinkedIn and, you know, you've had that kind of back and forwards, my response is, is there something specific that I can help you with? And then based on that, on that answer, you know, am I the best fit for that? Because I'm not only wasting my time if I jump on that call, I'm also wasting their time. Uh, and so, I'm so privileged to have like a great Rolodex of incredible industry professionals who do all kinds of specialist things, you know, because there's so many different like niches within the industry. I've probably got someone who is better equipped to help that person than me if I'm not the right fit for that call. Yes. Perfect. I love it. And this speaks to something that I consistently struggle and battle with every single day. And as the Fundamism Podcast listeners, I know that what Annette is saying, and hopefully me opening my heart to you, allowing you a little insight into what I am struggling with or challenged with every single day, hopefully you hear some relatability and something triggers your mind to say, it's okay. It's okay to push back and, and just ask the question. You know, I'd love to meet, I love meeting new people. Can I ask what the desired outcome of our meeting is as time is our most valued asset, Right. And a couple of things are going to happen. One, they might not respond because they know that they were, they were just reaching out to shoot the breeze, right? They, they didn't have a desired outcome. They just want to connect. Two, they're really complimentary and they say, I love what you're doing in the space. And I'd love to tell you a little bit more about what I'm doing and learn a little bit more about you. Well, psychology, what did they lead with? Tell you a little bit more about what I'm doing. I could follow up really quick with another discovery question, right? Or three, you find out that they're really genuinely interested in how you could potentially add value and, and that they need help. And at which point you could start to prioritize and all of our priorities are different. You could prioritize where that relationship falls in that spectrum of their response. So Marjana, without getting into detail, we had a very similar discussion and, and you said to me, I would love your advice, Paul, because I'm struggling managing the number of to-dos and, and relationships that are coming my way. And I said to you, because this is, again, our second at the time Zoom meeting interaction, I feel like it would be extremely detrimental for our relationship for me to offer you advice when I don't know what you prioritize, I don't know what you value, and I don't know much about you personally. But what I will share with you is something that really resonated with me recently from an amazing business partner that you work with on a regular basis. And then I recited exactly what Annette just said. So Annette, your wisdom, <laughs> your wisdom carries on long after you drop it, sister. But Marjana, like, talk to us, get a little vulnerable, talk about, talk about this journey with you and managing, you know, competing priorities and relationships. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm glad you led with uh, Annette because it, it really is her superpower. I mean, she also just punctuality, all of it. I'm learning a great deal from her superpower there. I think historically, one of my greatest struggles is that I just, I want to say yes to everything. I want to be there for everyone. I, and, and that's hard. And, you know, you wind up realizing you start doing a disservice, not only to yourself, but to everybody else on the other side, if you don't manage that well, right? So I think 
where I sit now and um, certainly in the work that Annette and I are doing together, it is about really being more conscious about what those conversations are going to be, what the outcomes are and, you know, where it can really fit in and understanding that it's okay to push back sometimes and just say, there is limited time right now. I really am intrigued by you, by this concept, but maybe we need to push it out by another three weeks and, and just be okay with that. And that's something that I've just, again, I've historically kind of struggled with. So that's really where I'm trying to get a little better at that. Well, I think it was the great GI Joe said, and knowing is half the battle. So uh, I appreciate your humility and sharing. And again, opening your heart and talking to me about it meant the world because I can relate, honestly. So, you know, I, I feel as evidenced by this discussion, I'm so enamored with personal relationships that I, I would be remiss not to showcase the amazing things that you're doing in our industry space right now. And specifically, uh, the way I heard about you was through a mutual friend over at the Speaker Exchange. And she came to me and she said, these two ladies are doing some really unique thing uh, or things in our space. So before we talk about the unique things that you're doing in our space, let's start with you, Marjana, because I I typically lead with Annette. What's your background in our speaking industry? What have you been doing? And uh, what, why are you so passionate about it? Because that's why we've connected is there are a lot of folks in our industry that could talk about the speaking industry and relationships and, 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 you know, talk about empowering others. The reason why I'm so intrigued by you and Annette is because I've met, I can count them on one hand, the amount of individuals that I feel could speak passionately, genuinely, and authentically about the things that move me in our business. And you two are two of that hand. So why are you so passionate about what you do, Marjana, and what drew you to the speaking industry? Hmm. I mean, first of all, thank you for that. Thank you for recognizing that in us and our passion for it. It really is, it runs deep. You know, I've been in the lecture industry 20 years, 16 of those. I worked for the Harry Walker agency, um, leading the marketing department there. And I just had the privilege and pleasure of learning about incredible human beings, you know, just different ideas and stories and not just stories, but the idea of how they could change and inspire. And I mean, the lecture industry is nothing I knew about before, you know, I came into many people in this industry will say that what, how much will people get paid to just speak on a stage and share their value and ideas. And, but then I also extrapolate from that, that just in this world that we live in, everybody has a story, whether your story is something that you'll get paid to talk about, or it's a story that you can affect and change lives in your home, in your community. It is about sharing the stories. It is about our collective humanity and how we raise each other up. And I think that's truly, you know, what has inspired me through the years and coming out of the the bureau world and what I do now and starting my own company, Evoke Invoke, the idea was to work with people who evoke emotion and invoke action. What is that next step to take us on that journey to make a change? And again, I try not to just put it on the perspective of, from the business perspective of the, you know, paid speakers that we're working with and all of that. I also try to reach out in my own community and sort of elevate the stories of people around me just within the community. Um, so that really, I mean, it is a passion that runs, runs really deep. Evoke emotion and invoke action. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been following us in this fundamentalism journey and you clearly have, <laughs> because our Instagram is blowing up, 
<laughs> I mean, we had at least 250 views on a post yesterday. I mean, that's huge. That's big time, Amazing. right? Uh, that's sarcasm. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, what you just defined, it, those are the fundamentals of fundamentalism. Like that's what we're really trying to deliver for you as, as the audience and those looking to create more joy, fun, and fulfillment. Like, what is the how? Well, first it stems from emotion. Like you have to be emotionally connected to an individual or desired outcome to want to move. And when you are emotionally connected, well then bam, let's invoke some action. And that's done by identifying the how, like what specifically do I need to incorporate and how do I do it? So not news to you, Marjana, that that's the whole reason why we've connected and you're on the podcast today. And Annette, I know that you draw similar passion. So talk to us a little bit about where you got this, this love for our industry. Well, I kind of fell into the industry. Um, I'm a military spouse, so we, we move around a bit. And uh, we were returning from a diplomatic tour in London where I, I worked at the embassy and did a lot of like the, uh, the big visits for, for US officials coming over to the UK. Um, and it was so fun to kind of be in, you know, diplomacy as it was happening on, on a global scale. And, you know, you realise that people making speeches genuinely changes the world and you would get to see in real time people speak and the world shifting depending on what they're what they're talking about that's an incredible thing right and so Amirjana hears me say this at least 10 times a week like words matter and stories will change the world words matter stories will change the world so as we returned from London to here in the D.C. area, um, I kind of plugged a few things into Indeed, like diplomacy, travel, you know, um, you know, events and this sort of thing. And a, and a job came up for one of the bigger bureaus in this area. And I fortunately became like a, one of the speaker relationship managers. And I guess because I have a funny accent, they gave me a lot of other people who have funny accents that also used to like run countries and things. Uh, my husband's military, so I got a lot of former four-star generals and admirals. And it was such a privilege to, to run in those kinds of circles. But it all still comes back to like words matter and stories will change the world. Um, and as I started my own company, um, I was kind of really intentional about what inspired me about this particular industry. Um, and while I think that there is always a place for politics and politics is so important and I love listening to like, you know, geopolitical type of nerdy podcasts, I geek out on that, right? That is my jam. However, do I want that in my everyday work life? Mm -mm, no. Do I want, you know, my the portfolio of people that I work with to be at the mercy of the battle pace of the news? That's exhausting. Um, so I wanted to work really with speakers and kind of my litmus test is I have a 10-year-old, a 9-year-old and a 6-year-old. If I can let them listen to your talk and they can get at least one thing that they can take away from that, that's a speaker that I, that I want to work with um, because, you know, those fundamentals about you know, lifting people up. And gosh, I'm so glad that I kind of made that intention in 2019 when I, when I went out on my own, because I feel like that's what sustained me through 2020 was these fundamentals of why, why are we even doing this? It's because words matter and stories will change the world. Uh, and that's <laughs> that's what kept the lights on at uh, at Breckbell Group, which, you know, thanks for calling out that Mirjana's got this beautiful name for her company and I'm a narcissist who named their company after themselves. <laughs> so thanks for that. 
Annette, have you seen my marketing? Um, I mean, I stand before you in front of a workbook, <laughs> a book, and nearly everything that's on the interwebs is literally a picture of myself, which is, <laughs> which is a story that I would love to tell you someday, but it's not narcissism, it's marketing. And I realized that, uh, you know, there was a time where I, and I still feel this way. I don't care if anybody remembers me, but what I do care about is, do they understand how to create additional joy, fun, and fulfillment in life? But when I was out there selling fundamentalism, it wasn't selling because it needed, it needed a, a, a role model, an example of what it looked like. And so when I started marketing myself as a speaker, that's when fundamentalism started to take off. So uh, don't get it twisted. I respect what you've built. And we're just talking about branding and marketing. But people uh, buy people, right? And when you started marketing yourself, the person, and, and when people look at Annette Breckbill and who she is as a person, you know, it, that's right on it. 100%. And so I want to talk about how you guys are taking this, this background, this foundation that you built in the uh, wealth of experience in our industry, and how you are now creating this unique niche for yourself. But before we do so, Annette, you said something, 10, 9, and 6. Do you think your kids know who the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are? Yeah, because I taught them. Like, <laughs> they also know who Nirvana is. Like, all of my 90s, like, you know, love. Um, absolutely. If I've done anything as a parent right, it has, you know, shared my love of like, you know, 90s slash early 2000s cartoons uh, and, yeah, and, and, and the music of that era. I love so it. You're welcome, world. You're welcome. So we're going to talk about that as we, as we wrap up our time together in just a few minutes because what you just hit on is very near and dear to my heart. Pop culture, things that make us smile. That's the concept of fundamentalism. But, uh, you know, I, I'm wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt now, and it's very deliberate. What do you think of, Annette, when you hear the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And uh, great times of my childhood. I geeked out on TMNT, and I use the acronym because I'm that cool. So. Yeah, sure. So, you know, like most people, we think of turtles. We think of cowabunga, right? We think of pizza. So, when I think of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think of you ladies. I think of an organization's workforce. I think about expanding our circle and the individuals in it. See, each and every single one of these turtles have a very unique personality style, right? You have, you have Michelangelo, not news to you ladies, that I am very much Michelangelo. I love to party. I love to have a good time. I love to crack jokes. Nothing's too serious. Like I'm going to ease us back into it. Calabunga, dude, let's turn up. Oftentimes I struggle with focus, right? But then you got, you got Raphael, who's like, he's the emotional one. He's always in his feelings, right? He's always, he's always thinking about his feelings. And, and, and those individuals sometimes are, are stronger in relationships, but can also be inhibited too by overthinking things. Then you got Leonardo, who's just, he's the leader, man. He's got a goal. He's going he's gonna, to, hey, follow me, guys. Be with me. Partners in crime. Let's make this desired outcome happen. And then ultimately you got Donatello. He's the, he's the inventor. He's the smart one, the intellect, if you will. Um, you know, he's very cerebral. He's, he's always about coming up with solutions. So as you're listening to that, and we're talking about expanding our circle, oftentimes we meet individuals and we say, oh, they're not like me. I don't, that, they're not a Michelangelo. I can't have them in my circle. 
But what resonates with me in terms of all the background that you guys set up is, you know, our new perspectives, the missing pieces. Now I'm quoting you two brilliant individuals, the depth of humanity. Sometimes the different pieces, the different turtles, if you will, complement our skill set so well, so well that it makes us who we aspire to be. And so how are you guys, the very long setup there, how are you taking who you aspire to be and your wealth in the industry and the amazingness that you are and all the superpowers to create a very unique niche for yourself in the space now? So Mirjana and I are so much stronger than the sum of our parts. And we have been like sisters in business as like, you know, partners for, you know, since, since, oh gosh, 2018, I think we first connected. So not like a decade or anything like that, but, you know, 2020 was a decade in itself. So that counts. Um, so when we have just been like, you know, champions of each other with zero intention of um, doing anything but supporting each other's brilliance. Um, and then we sort of came together, came together last year and we were like, you know, <laughs> As many as many listeners will be able to attest, we were on a Zoom call on a Friday afternoon having a glass of wine. I mean, maybe it was a Tuesday. I'll never know. Anyway, but we were having a glass of wine on a Friday night going, we love this industry. And um, there is so many great speakers out there who are kind of not landing gigs at the moment and, you know, how do we kind of help them land more gigs? Cause we know that they've, you know, pivoted. Are we allowed to use that word doing it anyway? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that have like, you know, really transformed their, their onstage keynote presentation to a really valuable offering in, in a virtual setting. Um, but, you know, they're just having problems translating that over to clients and showing clients exactly what, um, it looks like when when they book them because I think everyone within the industry saw it happen last year is that the customer confidence last summer was a little bit shaken because you know speakers were kind of just getting their their feet in feet on the ground in this kind of new space. Um, a lot of the platforms weren't so stable. There was a lot of um, people didn't really want to be on another Zoom call, but now I feel like that switch is like, oh, I'm still getting the same information and I get to wear my pajama pants, check <laughs> and check. Um, so I feel like that attitude has kind of changed as well. So we were like, you know, what could we possibly do to help the speakers that I work with, the speakers that Mirjana works with, to be able to just show that value and their actual um, offerings to clients? I'm like, well, you know, we would need to record a a virtual event, you know, that a client would let us record. We need to create like, you know, have like that Q&A piece of it recorded as well um, because, you know, that back and forth in a virtual setting is essential. Like gone are the days where you get introduced on stage and you give someone a high five and then do your keynote and then you're out skis. Like now in a virtual setting, it is so much more conversational back and forth. You need that charisma and you need to be able to, to show that you can like volley back and forth with someone and be entertaining in that kind of setting. So we're like, well, you know, that would be a unicorn of an event. That's That, that event is never going to happen. And then we're like, Bing! but we could create said event and we could record the event and we could, you know, set up all of this, you know, content in such a way that, you know, clients are actually going to see what they're looking to, to in, lift up their, their organization because those clients still run organizations or in organizations that still need help. 
And we want to help them do that because that's the cool bit about our industry, right? Um, you know, we want to make sure that we're helping those right speakers get in front of those right audiences to help those organizations. And in the same time, keep afloat this industry that we absolutely love, absolutely love. And by the way, like virtual is still going to be here minimum, like in this current form for at least 2021, and it will exist in some kind of form in perpetuity. I mean, people have got a a taste of what virtual can be and they kind of like it. So um, a lot of the um, mid-sized conferences will now become always virtual events. And I think that that's going to maintain. But back to your original question, there's so many different parts of this new project that we've kind of embarked on that part of it is completely within my zone of genius. And part of it is completely in Mirjana's zone of genius. And each one of us could not do the other part of that. Um, And it's so interesting that you talk about the turtles having their own individual personalities because in nowhere in the discussions, we're like, well, we have to, I have to let go of Brackbell Group if Mirjana and I are going to be doing everything together. And she has to let go of Evoke Invoke if we're going to be doing just this work together and we're going to be sharing everything. Like we hold space to be our own badass women in this industry, pouring into, um, you know, the the value and uh, the the fabric of, of this industry in our own type of way, um, and this great synergy that we that we do together doesn't erode who we are as individuals. So that's that's the cool oh, part about us working together. <laughs> Really, I have nothing to add there except just like honoring what Annette just said here too, is just, it's so important to honor one another and what you bring to the table. And then kind of, this is the period of time of unique relationships, unique partnerships, and being able to do that without any fear, you know, and just lifting each other up every day. And and again, the industry that we work in, it really all comes from the passion from that. Well, we just recently celebrated International Women's Day and you defined yourselves as badass women. I would say you're just badass people. Like you guys are amazing in your space. I greatly appreciate you coming on today. I know that you guys got a jam-packed full day. Um, I admire you a great deal. I, I recently on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles subject, I had a, an individual reach out to me after a keynote. And the gentleman said, I, I really like what you said and here's what I took away. And in closing... I always grew up wanting to be a Michelangelo, but unfortunately I became a Raphael. (laughs) I'm like, dude, Raphael's awesome too. We all have our different skill sets. So knowing that you guys have a really chock full schedule and I want to be respectful of your time, this is completely on you. Quick fire. The faster you you answer, quicker I get you off. Favorite 90s cartoon. Favorite cartoon growing up. What is it, Marjana? Favorite cartoon growing up. Oh God, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, love it. Annette. Transformers. Beautiful. Genre of music, Annette. 90s grunge, OBS. Beautiful. Love it. Marjana. Oh, 80s. I was an 80s girl. Yes, ma'am. Favorite animal, Marjana. Favorite animal, koala. Yes. Super cute. Annette. I love horses. Okay. Favorite day of the week, Annette. Saturday. Whoa. Okay. Marjana. Friday. All right. Last question. What makes you laugh? Marjana. My daughter doing impersonations. <laughs> yes, please. Annette. My kids telling inappropriate jokes about farts. I love it. 
<laughs> Side note, can I adopt your children? We have fart jokes all the time. Um, hey, if, if it's not even if, when folks listen to this and they're inspired to learn more about you or what you guys do, where do they go? <laughs> where do they go, Annette? LinkedIn? I don't know. They should just look us up on LinkedIn. What, what, what else? What do you think, Annette? You can email us, but we've got like separate email addresses. So it's Rujana at Evoke Invoke and Annette at BreckbellGroup.com. In the show notes, ladies and gentlemen, I'll make it easy on you. I'll show you all the amazingness that they are and where to find them. From the bottom of my heart, you two ladies, you're doing amazing things in the space. Thank you for being on the Fundamism Podcast and talking about expanding our network. To you, the Fundamism Podcast listener, we couldn't be whatever the hell we are without you. And so thank you for your commitment to finding joy, fun, and fulfillment in life and creating additional quality of life. We know it's not always easy, but if we focus on the how, then I'm certain our journey will get a little bit easier. Go have some fun today and create some fun in the lives of others. And until I catch you on the flip side, be safe, smile often, have fun, and deuces.